This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights, week 15. We are well into December, and we're still playing college football whether you're getting tired or you are excited like we are, we are here to break it all down for y'all. It's the last week, kind of, sort of, of the regular season. Uh, we will be looking at the championship week next week. Uh, how many times could I say week in the opening of this podcast? Before we get into our week 15 breakdown, let me introduce my co-host. I'm Madison, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm, I'm outstanding. I, I think you can echo that. We're back in the back in the lab, back in the studio. It's nice to not be over uh, over. What was that? Just call or, or FaceTime call, FaceTime audio. FaceTime uh, audio, yeah. Things are cutting out. It rooms. was a, it was a mess. So excited to get back in here. Excited to uh, to dive into this week, like I uh, mentioned on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I'm. Like I said at the outset, I am both tired so far in this season and also still excited to be watching football. Obviously, we weren't sure we were even going to get college football if or when we'd ever get sports back in the middle of the summer. I remember, you know, I had all these grand plans for off-season podcasts, and that quickly went by the wayside when uh, COVID happened. But we've not only had football pierce, we've had relatively full seasons. Obviously, there's been a couple fallen soldiers here and there, and more so depending on what conference you're looking at. But uh, most teams will have played at least six games. That's awesome. Very big win uh, for college football, and it's, it's made this little last part of 2020 more bearable and it'd feel more normal. So um, I'm super excited to get into the championship and the uh, the, or the conference championships and then the playoffs and, and what all will ensue from that. Uh, it's going to be kind of weird. I'm going to, we need to talk off podcast about how we're going to handle bowl season and things of that nature because I don't know what's happening. We've got teams opting out right now uh, yep. of bowls. Uh, now, whether well, or not they, what, yeah, whether or not they <laughs> were going to make bowls. Well, Boston College opted out as well too. As today. Really? Yeah. Uh, Coach Halfley came out and said, basically, listen, the bowl season is, and I, I actually really agree with what he says and appreciate here. They went six and five. They're going to be going to, you know, nowhereville to play a bowl. It's not like they're going to be potentially in the Rose Bowl or Sugar Bowl. Or, they're really playing for a big one or even probably playing good competition. Uh, or, you know, it's it's going to be kind of one of those things where the, the real reward from a bowl is being able to travel to wherever it is, uh, you know, a different spot with your team, being able to go out and see the sights and the sounds and get into go to the children's hospital and volunteer and do all of those things. And that's probably not happening. You're probably just going and playing the game. Um, Maybe there was more involved with that, but I don't hate his logic here, which basically was the bowl season is supposed to be a reward for these student athletes. And this year, what's a better reward going to wherever they go, wherever we're going to go to be in a hotel room bubble or let them go home a little early and visit with their family. So, uh, you know, hey, whether or not that's a wise decision, I don't know. And I don't really know how the student athletes feel about that either. But a lot of these teams, especially the ones who haven't had outbreaks, uh, the reason they haven't had outbreaks is because they've made concessions. They've they've made their social circle tighter. They haven't gone gone home and visited family at holidays, or if they have, it's been super isolated situations. They're not going out and seeing friends from back home. Uh, you know, they're not living kid. They're not kids. They're not living like 19 year old kids right now. I mean, we have a 21 year old in the family and he's not isolating when he comes home. So, uh, you know, these kids don't want to do that either, but the ones who have something on the line and haven't had outbreaks, that's why. So I understand their logic there. Uh, to your point, LSU as well, put a postseason ban on themselves. They, uh, 
won three games this season so far. They, they weren't won ever going to get a bowl in the first. Like, I know. What is, I mean, it's the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. It is a, in all honesty, it's a slap in the face to the SEC and to the NCAA. Like, oh, hey, hey, we know we suck. And since we're going to get in trouble, we're going to go ahead and get ahead, get in front of it by getting rid of something that we were already not going to be eligible for. Like, what the hell is going on there? That's a that's a joke. But, you know, the the, the SEC fan inside of me kind of chuckles, kind of kind of thinks it's brilliant because that is uh, the SEC ways. Well, they know something bigger is coming and they're hoping that they this can kind of maybe give them a little bit of uh, help in the eyes of the NCAA because there's there's some bad stuff happening at LSU and beyond the postseason ban they've got a couple players who look like they might be transferring away and um, I I do want to get your insight at some point in another podcast uh, talking a little bit about that it'll be interesting to see where the pieces all lie we've got early signing day coming up what day is that Pierce Uh, it's next Wednesday so whatever that date is Um, okay so what six days away yeah yeah Uh, I'll tell you if there's any day that I get up and I get most excited for, it's like Christmas Day oh, to it, me. Oh, yeah. It is. It is signing day. Now, things have gotten a little bit different, obviously, with the early signing period. The early signing period is now when you're getting the bulk of your signing class. So I look forward to the early signing period more so than I do at the end in February, the traditional signing day. I'm, I'm, I'm. I will be like a kid in the candy shop here come Monday and Tuesday, reading up on everything, getting excited. And, you know, some people might might say, uh, you know, who cares about recruiting? I mean, heck, I went to TCU. TCU is the king, one of the kings, uh, one of the pillars of NCAA football that develops guys. They get one, two, and three stars, and they develop into, develop them into four and five stars. There are programs that do that that don't care about recruiting as much. But for the big boys, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta love this day. It's the best day of the year. Absolutely. Well, we'll have something to break that down. But we are here to talk about Week 15 action, and let's just jump right in, Pierce. The first game of the uh, week that we will be covering, or Saturday, I should say, since with the way this falls, we can't really cover, uh, you know, Friday night games, Thursday night games. Uh, but the first game of Saturday is the Georgia Bulldogs, the number nine Georgia Bulldogs, and the number 25 Missouri Tigers. That game is at 11 o'clock Central Time, God's Time, on SEC Network. Uh, This is a reschedule. This game was supposed to happen earlier in the season, obviously due to some COVID issues at Missouri. It it had to be pushed. Um, But hey, you know what? Extra football, I will take it. Uh, Interesting that this is a top 25 matchup by the skin of our teeth here. That might help with... uh, Georgia here in, uh, you know, maybe if they can get the win, that helps down the line, you know, potentially next season, those kinds of things. Makes their strength of schedule go up a little bit, so I'm not mad at the committee there. The line is set at Missouri picking up 13 points at home. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. Um, The name to really watch out for on the Missouri side is Larry Roundtree. Uh, I'm interested to see if Georgia's able to shut that down. They've been good against the run uh, so far this season, but, you know, He's probably one of the better backs they've faced, I would say. You know, interestingly enough, he's not someone I worry about. Okay. Well, I'll get into it. I'll let you do your thing. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm just setting it up for you. I'm just laying down the storylines, and then I'll get into my pick. Um, Georgia on the other side, obviously, we're going to see another game with JT Daniels, see maybe if uh, that thing continues to roll. This is obviously the best defense that they have faced so far with JT Daniels. So I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see if they can shut down Larry Roundtree, although you're going to rebut that in a second. Um, 
13 points is a lot. Missouri's pretty good against the spread. Georgia, on the other hand, is not. It's a noon game. That's not great for Kirby Smart. It's going to be cold in Como this late in the season. A lot of these South Georgia, Florida boys haven't felt that cold before, so it makes me a little nervous. Um, But ultimately, I do think that there's just a little bit of something-something that JT Daniels brings uh, and that Georgia is going to be able to score pretty easily. Uh, I do have the dogs minus 13. I'm going to lay those points because I think that they just, they're kind of in an effort mode and they're just going to go out there and, and let JT Daniels just kind of throw the ball around um, I think a fair amount so I am going to take the dogs minus 13 points Pierce I hate you made that pick and and simply because I wanted to, I, I got I came into this week thinking okay I like Missouri I like Missouri in this one I, I, I I'm not sold but I, I, I lean that way and as the week has progressed I've started to hear people that I would generally lump into the public category say I like Missouri. I like Missouri, some emphatically. You taking Georgia scares me because I thought I was going to go against the grain. Now, I don't know how the public uh, sharp betting is going gonna, is gonna to pan out um, come game day. I do know that there's a significant sharp money or uh, public money on Georgia. So you'd say maybe slight bits on Missouri. I don't think many betters have jumped on this, though. So don't take that. Um, take that for what it is. It's, it's nothing to, to, to get excited about. But just hearing some of these people hype up Missouri, it's like, man, okay, this feels good. This is a good spot. So why the reason you took him, or uh, because you took them, I'm, I'm a little bit more nervous in this pick, but I got to side with you. Got to go Georgia here. Uh, listen, Roundtree's a fantastic back, but you've seen backs get shut down by Georgia's defense. I think where it's going to come from is is Bezalak, Bezalak, however you pronounce it, dadgummit. No idea. He's done Bezalak. He's done, I, I just, it's another one it of those names. It took us weeks and weeks to I figure know, out how to pronounce it. It's one of those dadgum names so. that I just cannot, I, I start to second guess as I'm saying it. Do you know what name I do have? Ui Ungalale. Ui Ungalale. Yeah. Ui Ungalale. I can do that. I, I, the the dadgum kid, uh, Jerkovic. Did I say that right? I don't, you see, that's Jer- what's no, crazy. No, it's Jerkovic. See, okay. I, all right, now I'm in my own head. But listen, Basilak is uh is is really coming into form here. Drinkwitch is uh is is giving him the proper play calls. He's feeding off uh, Roundtree's running game and and he's doing good things. I'm a little worried their offense is going to be able to throw the ball like uh, Mississippi State did and Will Rogers be able to dump it down. Going to be able to find some uh, some guys in space because when you when you're going to try and uh, stop the stop Roundtree and company you're going to maybe put a little bit more on the run game and stopping that and an emphasis on that. Um, we do get some guys back. Hopefully Jordan Davis looks like he's going to be a go, which is big on the front uh, on the D line. That's really going to stop things, especially maybe not having to bring extra pressure uh, to stop the run. Here's where I, where I kind of think, well, you know, they're going to put up some points, but I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Georgia. I really don't. I mean, you look at what Arkansas did last week. They had a, a 200-yard-plus pass uh, receiver. They had a, 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 a first-time starter at quarterback who, who what, threw for almost 300 yards, maybe even 300. And they had a running back that went for 175-plus. I think Georgia's going to be able to get a lot on the ground. I think Daniels is going to really showcase in this game. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but I like Georgia to win 17-20 in this game uh, by that margin. So I got the dogs minus. Long-winded uh, response there, but I, I, I'm passionate about this game, rightfully so. But also there's been there's a lot of quick narrative to Missouri, and rightfully so. I think this is a letdown spot for them coming off a big, big emotional win, a little bit of a comeback, even though they should have won pretty easily. I think it's time to buy uh, buy low on Georgia and sell high on 
Missouri. Well, you know what I heard when you were talking about all of the uh, public and all the media and stuff saying this could be a potential letdown, or not letdown, but a potential uh, upset spot here for the dogs. What I heard was, take Georgia. Take Georgia. Exactly. And listen, it's not in my easy peasy. Uh, spoiler alert. So it's not like I endorse it necessarily. But I just, I'm leaning that way. I think it's the it's the right side. But hearing how kind of some other people are just quick to jump on the Missouri bandwagon after last week, um, it, it, it solidifies it for me. Uh, we're going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Pierce. I just noticed we did not take off the Oklahoma game on our list. That game has been canceled due to concerns with coronavirus, so we will not be covering Oklahoma-West Virginia. Let's pick up with Utah Utes and the number 21 Colorado Buffaloes. That game is also at 11 o'clock Central Time on Fox. The earliest start uh, in, I think it's Folsom Field is the name of their uh, field there in uh, Boulder. Folsom yeah, Field. Yeah. Earliest start ever at home for the Buffaloes. So that's, that's a game that you missed out on that was awesome. When uh, we went out to Folsom and played uh, played Colorado back in... You didn't go to that. Colorado? Oh, TCU. No. When Georgia you played... You did not go to the TCU... Or you did not go to Georgia-Colorado game. I did. AJ Green made that incredible catch. Yep. Went out there uh, freshman year of college. It was uh, great. I thought you meant back... You know That's how not I'll the never one forget Mom and Dad it. Dad went to though. Yes, it is, and you know oh. how I'll never forget it. We lost on a last second kick, and they stormed the field, and I was in the student oh, okay. section of Boulder of of University of Colorado. Well, I don't get invited to the road games, so I, I don't remember those because I don't get invited. Fun times to them, though, so I don't get invited. So, um, okay. What's the line on that? Just... that? Okay, so I was about to get to that. So Colorado at home is going to be giving two points to the Utes. Colorado's undefeated so far on the season, 4-0. They do have an outside shot at the Pac-12 championship. I believe they would have to have um, some help from USC. Uh, yes, they'd have to have UCLA beat Southern California. Uh, but if they take care of business versus the Utes, they have a shot. So we'll see there uh, a lot of uh, potential implications there for the Pac-12. Uh, saw an interesting, side note, saw an interesting proposition from someone on a podcast that said, hey, since the Pac-12 is out of it and they're not going to be put in the uh, the championship or the, the playoffs at this point because they're only shot Oregon lost twice now. Um why don't you guys just cancel your Pac-12 championship and just keep playing? You got a lot of schools that are in favorable climates. You could keep playing. That's really not a bad idea, especially uh, it's hard to say that and, and go gun ho with that right now because USC still has an That's, outsider's yeah, chance very, at maybe very, very they at least have the help. argument. Exactly. But what would be cool is if after uh, the season concluded for them, if they, you know, when USC was left out or if – then they play it, and, and they could justify that. Hey, and maybe it's a little bit of a split split title if uh, USC sort of deal. I don't think it. I don't think with the uh, college football playoffs that could that could happen. But no. still, they would have an argument. All right. Well, let's l- turn our attention back to this one. Um, like I said, early start here at Folsom Field. Snow game potentially going to be snowing. It's going to be a cold one. Of course, both these teams are used to that, Utah and Colorado. Um, the name I like here is Jack Broussard. He had his third straight, hun- or fourth straight, rather, 100-yard game. I think this is his fifth. I think they get it done. I think Colorado wins this one easy, and they roll the 5-0. I'm going to take the Buffs in this one. Yeah, this is an easy pick. I, I-, I said it after week one. You- Colorado is a uh, sneaky good team. You know, they were a team last year that, could upset some folks. They could they could give some people some trouble, uh, and and they're continuing to do that this year. It's interesting. They had a great recruiting class coming in this past year. Mel Tucker left, which was a little bit shocking. A lot of uh, uprising on social media from a lot of their players and family, rightfully so. Uh, that being said, 
Colorado was going to have a decent team this year, which is another reason why it's surprising Mel left. Um, I think this is a, a, a team that's flying under the radar. I think they cover this uh, easily. Utah lost a lot coming or lost a lot off their great team last year, um, who I think even under succeeded. Uh, I, 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 th- I like Colorado here. Uh, pretty easy. The Illinois Fighting Illini going up to Evanston to take on the number 14 Northwestern Wildcats. Northwestern, of course, has clinched the Big Ten West, so I don't know if that maybe is a potential look-ahead spot for them here uh, for the Wildcats. The line here is 14, minus 14.5 for the Wildcats at home. Um, they've been pretty good against the spread, but they're not a team that's going to blow you out points-wise. Defensively, though, the Fighting Reese Davises, they are uh, a force to be reckoned with. On the flip side, the Illini are not a good defense at all, and they don't blow me away, although they do have a better offense on paper than Northwestern, but I think this is a really low-scoring one Pierce. Um, I think that uh, Northwestern is able to hold Illinois, and they're not going to be the kind of team to really pressure you to try to run up the score at all. So um, low, look for a low-scoring game, and I am going to go with Oh, I'm going to go with Northwestern this one. I do think they cover. Um, I think maybe, you know, you, you just get so ahead and just kind of hold, not hold on, but are able to run out the clock. Um, I just don't see Illinois really being able to st- to, to score a lot on Northwestern. Um, so I am going to take the Wildcats against my better judgment because this is a lot of points for me to usually pick at, but they've been pretty good against the spread so far. I am going to take Northwestern. I think Pat Ramsey has a, a pretty good uh, game and uh, the Wildcats keep rolling. Yeah, they've, they've done pretty well at Northwestern, has done pretty well against the spread because the spread has been very, very low. That's fair. Um, now that they've got a little bit more of an expectation set on them, uh, after the Wisconsin win, you know, even after the Michigan State loss, this is a game that they should win pretty easily. But you hit it best. Even though Illinois is probably not going to score more than 7 to 10 points uh, on this Northwestern defense, can Northwestern score 24-plus against Illinois? I don't know. Don't like this game uh, at all. But I'm going to take Illinois only because it has the hook on the 14-and-a-half. Um, if this was anything under 14, I, I'd side with Northwestern. I think it's going to fall right around the number. Because I got that hook, I'm going with the uh, the Illini. Yeah, I forgot that. I was looking at what, we, what the line is currently, not what I sent you last night. So... I probably would have flipped my pick, but I'll stick with Northwestern. I believe in them. I believe in them. Uh, okay, ACC action. The number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels going down to Coral Gables to take on the number 10 Miami Hurricanes. Both of these teams, I think, probably inflated, you know, with what really they've been able to accomplish on the field. Um, the line here is Miami minus three at home. Um, and I, ooh, this one's a tough one for me, Pierce. I'm really, I'm, I'm going to try to talk myself through it because I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. Uh, Miami, although they're at eight and one, like I said, the eye test, they're not blowing anybody out of the water. They're not really impressing me per se, um, as far as what they're able to do on the field. I do think offensively though, um, they're going to be able to stick with North Carolina, who actually has a better offense on paper. What comes down to me is the fact that Miami does have a little bit more of a electric defense, if you will. Not that they're necessarily a brick wall, but I do think that, um, you know, being the home team helps having a little bit more of a uh, culture of, you know, having the turnover chain and things of that nature, having the havoc plays set up in your mind, wanting to, to go after the ball, not just try to, to handle business. Um, that to me, like I said, at home, 
I think I, I'm and I think I am going to go with Miami in this one. I think that they're able to cover that three points. It's not a huge spread by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think this is a high scoring one. I think that, uh, you know, I don't think the overs going to hit necessarily at 67 and a half. That's a lot. But I do think this is a high scoring one. I think both of these quarterbacks have big numbers. They put up big numbers. I just think ultimately what it comes down to is the fact that you got the home field and you've got a little bit of a better defense. And so I am going to go with the Hurricanes in this one against my better judgment because I, I kind of like North Carolina. Carolina. But again, I just, my head saying, nah, you should take Miami. You should take Miami. Interesting game here. I'm going to go North Carolina. I've been leaning North Carolina uh, the last few days. Solidify that thought. I've got to try and make up. I'm not going to be able to catch you, but I got to beat you once this year. I should also clarify. Actually, we've got that at three. We've got it at three Three and a half. half. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another hook spot. I love that. Miami has yet to play or has yet to have any win of significance. Their one loss was obviously against Clemson. Their signature win is what against Louisville, who's three and what three and five. Um, They've yet to play anybody of relevance and and, and beat them. North Carolina, their defense scares me. It will always scare me because if their offense doesn't absolutely go crazy, then they're going to lose. Low number. One aside, because again, I've seen, I've heard a lot on North Carolina this week. I want to go Miami in what I would view a, a sharp spot. Not that I've looked at the numbers uh, on the on the chart. I'm going to go North Carolina here. Gut says so. I think their offense is going to be able to put up, put up 30 plus points. I don't know if Miami will be able to to outduel that. I think it's going to be a very close game, but I think uh, North Carolina gets the job done. I like a money line, but. I'll take the three and a half just to be safe. The Wisconsin Badgers and the number 16 Iowa Hawkeyes. That game is at 2.30 Central Time on FS1. And we have got we got that when I texted you. Now, now just behind, peel a layer behind the onion. I text Pierce these usually like 12 hours, maybe 24 hours, kind of depending. I kind of get a gauge on like what kind of games you'd want to cover here. And I go ahead and send the lines of what they're set at. This line has moved. Now oh, Iowa is picking up two points at home. Uh, but when I texted you this, it was a straight pick em. So there was no... Uh, point differential. We're just straight up picking this game, uh, and for that reason, I'm. It doesn't matter. Even if even with the two points, if we still were picking it at that, I'm gonna go Iowa on this one. I think home dogs in this game. I think that um, Wisconsin has really struggled to find an identity this season. Uh, they've had obviously some issues. They came out of the gate really strong, and since then it's kind of been really lackluster. This is going to be the best defense so far that Spencer Petras and the Iowa offense has faced, and I don't think they're going to blow anybody out of the water. Uh, and obviously they had a major hiccup against Northwestern, but this game's at home. Uh, it's against the Wisconsin Badgers. They do play for some goofy trophy, but then again, what Big Ten game doesn't have a goofy trophy associated with it? Uh, and this, the other thing that they have going for them is they do have a six game win streak. I think that they've got a little bit more on the line. I think Wisconsin struggles to get up for this game on the road. Um, and I think that the Iowa Hawkeyes win this one because we have it at a pick them. Um, I, I'm going to pick Iowa in this one. If they were, if they had, if they were given a couple points, I think I might go Wisconsin. Uh, but since it's just straight up who I think is going to win, I'm taking Iowa in this one. So I think this game is properly priced here at, at, at money line at an even pick. Uh, I got to go Wisconsin here because I think this is a buy low, sell sell high type of spot, uh, especially buy low on Wisconsin. Listen, I said they're they're one of my bad, ugly performances of the last couple of weeks. They they've clearly so, they've got guys out. They've uh, had some guys opt out. They 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 don't look like they're fighting. 
But at the end of the day, this is a rivalry game. It is. And you look at where I was uh, struggled or failed to cover. It's in the in the rivalry games. This is going to be very close in a toss up game. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable with uh, a little bit better program. It's very close, but a little bit better program. Maybe slightly more talent in Wisconsin, despite their woes the last couple of weeks. I got the Badgers at an even pick uh, to to to. I was going to say upset, but to beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's talk about Navy Army Pierce. This game usually is a standalone. It's not this year, but it's one of the best atmospheres in college football. You were saying before we started the podcast, this game specifically is on your bucket list of sporting events to attend, and I don't blame you on that one. Uh, This is going to be actually a little bit different for this game due to COVID. It is going to be taking place in West Point. Uh, It normally is in Philadelphia, but with some, you know, uh, attendance things, they are going to move this game to West Point. Uh, So it's a home game for Army, although they are going to treat this like an a neutral site, and I believe they're letting in the same amount of um, uh, of fans from both sides. I think. I well, don't... they're letting cadets both. Uh, both as yeah, if it was at the neutral yes, site. Yes, okay. yes, They're both the cadets and and whatnot in. Um, so I don't know how many like outside of the students. I don't know how many fans are letting in, but I heard somewhere around eighty five hundred to ten or okay. to. Wait, yeah, 8,500 to 10,000. Okay, but even then, Navy's going to have a fair amount of people there, uh, despite it taking place at Army. Uh, Minus seven is the line here, Army giving those points. Uh, Navy has had a tough season, Pierce. They're on a four-game skid right now. Uh, The last time they won was early October against ECU. Army, on the other hand, uh, is seven and two on the season. Uh, I... I, I, this one I don't I don't pay attention ton of attention to the service academies. It's a huge rivalry game, so you got to throw records out uh, of this one. Ooh. I think I I, I got to go Army though. I got to go Army on this one. Navy is dominant in this series. They've really had Army's number as of late, but this game is it's, I think it's too overmatched. I think Army's gonna be out for blood. I think they get up for it being in their home stadium. That's gonna feel like a little bit more juice for them. Um I do like the minus seven because like I said, in a rivalry game like this, when you have been the the underdog or not the underdog, but the little quote unquote little brother for so long, you pound it as much as you can. Uh we've obviously been on the side of that where you're the the quote unquote little brother on a three three game losing streak, you know, years or whatever. Uh and you just if you smell blood in the water, you go for it. So I am going to go Army in this one. I think that they're just way overmatched. Uh, Navy is not able to handle uh, the Black Knights, and they get it done at home, minus seven. I like Army, too. Uh, I like Army, too. They've, they've had a much better season this year. Navy's been surprisingly down. Um, they, they, I don't like this line. This line screams that it's going to be close, close, uh, a closer game than maybe we anticipate. With all that said, it is a rivalry game. I do expect it to play a little bit closer. I like Army to uh, to win by about 10, but my favorite play is the under 38, 38 and a half. Um, outside of that, though, tough spread, but I like Army. Army's just the better team this year, and I think they, uh, they, they win this one by about 10. The number 15 USC Trojans, very outside shot, but still an outside shot sitting at undefeated uh, to potentially make the playoffs. I'll put it this way. If they finish the season uh, Pac-12 champions and uh, with the same amount of wins as the uh, Buckeyes, uh, the, the committee's got a little bit of a potential issue there, Pierce. I don't know really how much you buy into that, but uh, it will be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, but they are going to play the UCLA Bruins. Uh, that game is UCLA picking up two and a half points. Um, 
I don't think USC has been playing great ball despite their record. I think that it's they're benefiting a lot from the weird season, the weird year type situation. Um, and they haven't really had a ton of uh, challenge yet. Not that UCLA is necessarily blowing doors off of anybody by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that this UCLA team will be the best challenge that they have faced so far. Um, I'm going to take UCLA plus the points at home, plus the two, what do we get? We actually got it at three. So uh, plus the three at home, I am going to take the Bruins. I think that they are, um, like I said, going to give USC a run for their money. I, I think that this is a potential outright spot. I think that they could potentially upset USC. I think this is when the rubber meets the road for the Trojans. Um, I do think that, not do, I do know that UCLA has been better against the spread than USC. Um, so Three points, no-brainer for me. I'm going to take the home dog, UCLA Bruins, in this one. So i got to give you credit. I don't know, and, and this is where I pinpoint I've, I've struggled this year on the pick'em, but where I've really struggled, and I think a lot of my losses and the bad losses from week to week come from, because you throw me wrenches like this where I think it's a layup. You're going with the public side in USC, and you take the sharp side, and I'm, and it leaves me in, in shock. I'm, I'm shocked, and I don't know what to do. Now I'm like, whoa, why, why is she taking? Because I was so on UCLA's side. There's a heavy uh, uh, a number of uh, public betters at the moment on USC. The number has gone in UCLA's favor. Sharp betters are on the Bruins as of now. Um, we'll see how that pans out closer to game to kickoff. I'm with you. I, I, I like this game. I, I'm all over the UCLA money line. I'm not even going to touch the, the plus three if I do play it because I think UCLA uh, wins this game outright. USC uh, is going to be in a little bit of a letdown spot here coming off a big win. A lot of people hyping them up. Um, Keaton Slovis went on a few, uh, you know, a little bit of a press tour here, did the PMT. I think you're in for a little bit of a letdown here, a little bit of a regression for USC coming back to norm and, and, as much criticism as Chip Kelly is getting and has gotten throughout his career, he's starting to form something slightly. At least they're playing above what a lot of people thought uh, the Bruins being coming into this season and, and so far this season. I think the Bruins keep it up and uh, upset the Trojans. The LSU Tigers going to Gainesville to take on the number six Florida Gators. This game last year, uh, and I didn't really know this because I don't really give this I put it this way. I'll pay a lot of attention to a lot of SEC, but this is probably one of the rivalries that really floats under the radar for me. I don't think about this one a lot, but these two teams hate each other. Uh, back a few years ago, there was a lot of controversy with a hurricane and having to reschedule the game. Uh, like I said, these two teams don't like each other. Uh, this is a revenge spot for the Florida Gators. The line is set at U, uh, LSU, rather, not UCLA. Um, LSU is going to be picking up 23 and a half points. They're real bad on defense. They don't have an identity on offense. Florida, on the other hand, is going to throw it early and often. There was a joke after the Tennessee game last week where Pruitt said that he didn't even think they ran it at all. I think they ran it like six times. They don't, they don't, care. Their Trask is just going to throw the ball early and often. This LSU team is real beat up, especially in the secondary in the sense of opt-outs and injuries and things of that nature um, and graduations. I'm taking Florida in this one. I'm taking this one 
big. Like I said, these two teams hit each other. I never really thought this was a big one. You think of SEC rivalries. You think of Georgia-Florida. You think of uh, the Iron Bowl. You think of the Egg Bowl. You don't think of Florida-LSU. But like I said, they don't like each other. This is a revenge spot. Kyle Trask has a Heisman on the line. I think that Mullen is coaching for the Heisman, I'll be honest with you. Um, Just seeing the fact that they're just letting him air it out as much as possible. They're not even trying to run at all. Um, Saw an interesting stat, Pierce. Kyle Trask only has six more touchdown throws than Mac Jones. This is a tangent, but only six more touchdown throws than Mac Jones. And Mac Jones has two of the best backs in the country, who's also also scoring a ton of touchdowns. So, hey, if you're really digging into the numbers, Heisman voters, I don't think you go with Mac. I think you go with Mac Jones over Kyle Trask. But regardless, like I said, they got a lot on the line. The Gators are getting, they're trying to get polished up to go in and play Alabama. I could potentially see them taking out the starters early. I don't think that's Mullen's DNA, though. Like I said, Take the Florida Gators and take them big, big in this one. So let me ask you, what would, uh, what would, what makes you think Florida has a, a, a greater chance of covering this spread, which is greater than what it's been in the previous three games that Florida's played? What's 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 the difference there in their previous three games and why you wouldn't like them necessarily as big? I'm not saying like accusing you of not taking them big, but. Just saying from a wounded yeah. Florida backer. Well, last week, last week to your point, I we both backed Florida. Um, it was a 17-point spread. They didn't cover. I was pissed. So you're right. There's very, really a possibility. But to me, what it comes down to is the hatred factor. It, it comes down to the fact that this is at home. I think that it being at Knoxville last week hurt them a little bit. It was a little bit cold for them. Um, I think the fact that this is at home, and like I said, they, these two teams hate each other. They hate, they don't like Tennessee, but it's not really a big game. The other game was Kentucky, then Vanderbilt before that, Arkansas before that. The last time they played a game that meant a ton to them was UGA. Um, and I think Georgia's way better than LSU, even though Georgia's not great this year. Um, I think that what it comes down to is the home factor and the fact that they really hate LSU. Again, this, I don't think... I don't think a lot of people realize how much these this is a rivalry. It really oh, it's, is. It's, a, it's Florida's probably second biggest rival. Exactly. But it's just not something you think about because LSU, on the other hand, also has, you know, uh, it's not their, since it's not their biggest, I'll put it that way, this game doesn't get a ton of press coverage as far as the hatred. But these two teams, there's not a lot of good blood. I think LSU is really, really, really struggling. I think they're struggling as far as an identity goes more than Tennessee. They're having a lot of off-field drama, a lot of transfers, uh, things of that nature. Um, so, yeah, that to me, to your point, a little bit of a battered betting syndrome there. There. Maybe I'm beating myself up again. I just I think LSU is that bad, Pierce. So I'm not taking this game on my card, but I'm all over LSU, all over LSU. Uh, you, you, you honestly, I was sold before, but you kind of sold me. And again, this is probably a spot where they're finally going to absolutely show out, and you're going to be on the right side. This is another game where I'm, you're, you're throwing me for a loop here. I got to go with something different. But I also think that LSU has is just as good as Tennessee. You know. Very similar to Arkansas, better than Vanderbilt, and 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 Florida has failed to cover a, a smaller number in a couple of those games. I like LSU here. If if Mullen does want to put up the numbers, then he can, but he has failed to do so in the previous three games. I don't like their situation coming in. I think they're really really doing themselves in going into the SEC championship game. It's much harder to try and jumpstart something that to keep it rolling like Alabama is going into the game. They're just going to continue to do those to put up those points. Florida hasn't played a defense yet like in Alabama. Um, now, this is a different spot. I'm racking on Florida because they've lost me a good bit of money the last few weeks. <laughs> but 
sharp money is on LSU right now. Uh, we'll see how things shape up. Uh, it's not my favorite play in this game. I'll get to that here a little later. But I got to decide with LSU. Uh, LSU didn't. They're not going to play more than two quarterbacks in this game. I think one will get something going. Don't think they'll score more than 17 points. But Florida has a bad defense, and I don't know if they're going to put up more than 42 points on offense. I like this uh, spread to cover 23 and a half. Uh, I mean, it's not like they're going to play four quarterbacks like Tennessee did last week. So give me LSU plus 23 and a half in a close one. The Auburn Tigers and the Mississippi State Bulldogs in Starkville at 6.30 p.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. Mississippi State at home will be picking up six and a half points. A Mississippi State team that's starting to kind of get their identity. Uh, on the flip side, Auburn needs to win on Saturday to secure a winning season uh, for this 2020 uh, campaign. It also is a maybe potentially a little bit of a coach for your job situation for Malzahn, although at this point I don't think if he's fired he's going to get fired. Um, and I think that uh, it's been pointed out to me that his buyout becomes a lot more manageable next season. So maybe you just grin and bear it for this uh, this last uh, year. But um, Bonex had the game of his life last week, Pierce. It wasn't enough for Auburn. They did lose to uh, Texas A&M. Like I said, on the other side, Mississippi State, although they have lost their last two to Georgia and Ole Miss, they have started to kind of figure out their identity, uh, especially on offense. I'm going to take the Bulldogs at home plus the six and a half. I don't necessarily love them to win. I think that Auburn has a little bit of an Auburn Jesus moment. They're good at when uh, when it's desperation mode. I think they're able to pull it out late. Uh, but I do think Mississippi State is able to give Auburn a run for their money. I think this is another one that's you know stays kind of close, stays kind of close, um, and, and just kind of pesky because that's kind of what the Bulldogs have been as of late. So I'm going to take the Bulldogs plus the six and a half points. Um, but I do think Auburn wins this one ultimately. So let me clarify. I said uh, LSU, Florida, in a close one. I meant close to the spread. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's not going to be close. I said that and thought, well, people are going to get on me for that. Um, going to this game, I'm with you. I think uh, I don't think Mississippi State will win this game. Certainly they have a shot. But I think this is a very close game, and they cover this number. I like the six and a half. I, I You know, I backed Auburn last week, uh, Moneyline, as well as plus the plus what, seven. Didn't work out for me, even though it was at home. They had the the opportunities for the ball bouncing their way and the craziness to happen, and it didn't go their way. I just think it's one of those down years. And watch out. I mean, we've been saying it all year, so I, I hate to beat a, beat a dead horse, so to speak. That being said, Mississippi State were to win this. I think that could be the nail in the coffin for, uh, for Malson. Regardless... I think Mississippi State doesn't win this game, but they cover the six and a half. I like what they're doing. I think this is a game where uh, a kind of not necessarily a sleepy game, but one at home at night under the lights. Things have been culminating for uh, for Mississippi State that that good performance against Georgia, uh, a good performance against uh, Ole Miss on the road in the Egg Bowl. I think they finally put it together here and and cover this spread of six and a half potentially for the upset. Give me the Bulldogs plus six and a half. Last but not least, Pierce, the Virginia Cavaliers and the Virginia Tech Hokies in Blacksburg at 7 o'clock Central Time on the ACC Network. Virginia Tech at home, the favorites by three points. If you'll remember, last year, Virginia won this one for the first time in 15 years. They upset the Hokies. Uh, this game was supposed to be played to start the season, and perhaps if it had been start or had played uh, at the beginning of the season, perhaps Virginia Tech would have had a better shot. But since then, they've gone on a really big skid. Their season's had as very much trailed downward. They're, this is, uh, they're on a four-game 
uh, skid right now. On the flip side, Virginia is looking to win their fifth straight, so they're on a four-game streak right now. Um, like I said, three points is the spread. It is at Virginia Tech, a little bit of a you know potential revenge spot, but they don't look to be improve, impressing at all. Justin Fuente probably coaching for his job here. Um, I'm taking Virginia plus the points. I think that, and actually we picked it at two, which scares me a little bit. But we got it at two, not three. So let me clarify that. Um, I'm still taking Virginia in this one. I think that they uh, just have the the momentum on their side. I think that that helps. I think that Virginia Tech has kind of given up and packed packed it in and moved on in the season. Um, this, these two teams are very similar when you come to look at the the, the box or the, the stat team stats on the season. Um, but I think that ultimately, like I said, momentum has something to be said about it. And I think that Virginia uh, is able to go into Blacksburg and get the upset. I agree. Uh, and before I, I move on, not that it will change my pick, Virginia plus two, correct? Yes. Two. Okay. Yeah. It's I, moved I, to three I, I got through. I, I, yeah, I was thrown off because of your saying, you, you, you said that, Minus two or plus two scared you. Um, so I got a little bit nervous. Maybe I had the wrong play there, wrong side. But I'm with you. I like Virginia here. Virginia's been surprisingly great th- or good this year, despite losing by far their best player in the last two decades um, in Perkins at QB. Didn't think this team was going to be able to rebound. This was a team that I had slated to, to struggle this year. And golly, Bronco Mendenhall has really really uh, solidify this team as uh, an up-and-coming team. I think they'll only get better. They're young. Get a couple uh, more skilled players in there, recruit a little bit better. They, they have a shot here. And, and again, I think Fuente, is, is he's been fired. I think they've, they've let him know he's gone. I think this is going to be a very uninspired performance uh, from Virginia Tech Hokies, which is a shame. Um, the Virginia Tech Hokies, just the fan base hates Fuente, and I, I don't blame them. This is a side that has been uh, heavily on the sharp side all year, but I've seen enough. The sharp side has been wrong on them all year. Virginia has been surprisingly good. I think they come in here and they win by 14 points. I like the I like the Cavaliers of Virginia to win this game, uh, but I'll, I'll take the plus two uh, over the Virginia Tech Hokies in a big, big, big game for the uh, Cavaliers. Well, you know what time it is. It is time for Pierce's easy peasy picks. This is where he tells you where the money is this week. And some of the games we've already picked, but he's going to reiterate those, give you some points, focus more on the gambling side of things. And he's also got some fresh ones for you. So without further ado, not that we condone gambling here at Bragging Rights, but if you were to gamble, here's where we think the money is this week. So we've been on a heater the last seven to eight weeks. Uh, I don't have the the graphic in front of me with the record of the past seven weeks, but it's been a, a tremendous uh, result. I think it's somewhere around like 16 to five, somewhere around there. So let, we're trying to keep it going. This week is a little bit of an interesting week, uh, a little bit nerve wracking with some of the uh, lower lines here, but I've identified three that I like above all else. First and foremost, we hit on it earlier, Wisconsin. Uh, I have them at minus one. If you can get them at money line, uh, better. I think this is going to be a very close game. It's a toss-up. I like Wisconsin in a buy-low situation over the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes. Another buy-low situation, Oklahoma State coming off that loss against TCU. Arguably, they outplayed TCU and they lost. Uh, Had some fluky things go down and, and they couldn't punch it in multiple times in the fourth quarter. Baylor isn't TCU, as we saw in the TCU-Baylor matchup, and Baylor's just kind of struggled uh, at times this year. Brewer's been okay, but their defense, they're replacing a lot. 
I like Oklahoma State big in this one, minus the five and a half. Uh, I, I like them big, Cowboys over the Bears. And last but not least, and maybe a bit of a shocker, I like the under 68 in the Florida LSU game. This is my play on that side uh, or in that game. Listen, Florida has failed to get over 40 the last three games. Their offense has not been great. I mean, Trask is putting up good numbers, but at the at, at the mercy of the running game, they, they are, they're hardly even running the ball. They're going to have to get over to 550, 600 points to, to make up for the 68-point total. LSU either won't get there or they'll just put up 14 to 17 in this game, and, and Florida will be under 40. I, I Regardless, I love this under 68. So go ahead and place those bets, cash them in, and let's cash those checks, baby. There you go. That's Pierce's easy-peasy picks. Go win you some money this weekend. You might as well, if you're watching football, also put some money there on the line. You know, just do like the $5 bets like I do and just get yourself a little bit of cash there uh, as we round out the 2020 season. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the week 15 preview. I'm sitting over here furiously trying to figure out a bold prediction because I don't love, I don't have anything jumping off the page at me, Pierce. Do you have anything that's particularly, don't do it yet, but are you, is there anything sticking out to you that you've got? For your bold prediction? Yeah, but we already hit on it, so it's not necessarily a bold prediction, but okay. it is a little bit out, a little uh, slightly out there. Oh, okay. I like but that. Not, not, no, not out there. You're going to scoff at it. You're going to say, oh, well, that you, you, what were you talking about? It's a bold prediction, but nothing that's crazy. Okay. All right. Well, uh, before we get into our bold predictions and wrap this bad boy up, make sure that you are following us on social media at Pod across both Twitter and Instagram. That's bragging without the G, bragging pod. Um, and then also make sure you're subscribed here to this podcast feed. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe. We'd love to have you along weekly for the ride. Uh, we put out twice weekly right now. We'll do a weekly in the off-season uh, podcast talking about all things college football, trying to make you a little bit more semi-knowledgeable about the sport, watercolor or water cooler cooler talk as I like to talk about uh, or say with our podcast it just kind of gives you enough to kind of get through kind of kind of get by on the conversation um and and we try to entertain as well so we'd love to have you along for the ride at um brag and pod on social media that's going to do it for housekeeping uh rate subscribe all those things thank you so much uh my bold prediction pierce Bo Nix throws three interceptions it's a good one. I don't know if that's bold. He's been doing that. Well, I, I, I'd, I'd say it's pretty likely. Um, three's a lot. It is a lot, regardless. Right, and he's been, he's been doing prediction. he's been doing better, uh, uh, taking care of the football the last few weeks, um, which is like why I liked them last week against the Aggies. Mine is UCLA ruins Trojans playoff hopes. Boom. Not saying they have a large playoff uh, uh, hope there, but they're still undefeated. There is that argument. UCLA gets it done this weekend. There you go. Those are our bold predictions. We will catch you back here after the weekend to wrap everything up and look towards the championship week. I'm so excited. It's finally here for the Bragg Rights Podcast. I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.